welcome to another edition of the Anything Goes podcast. I am your host, Toby. I am the one you have been looking for. You can stop the search. This is where you are meant to be, and thank you for listening. I'm going to take you through another great podcast on another great topic that is close to my heart today, but I want to remind you, as always, you can follow me on social media to get the latest updates on a variety of topics, including the one we are going to discuss today. You can follow me on Instagram at anythinggoespodcast underscore 616, and if you want to send me an email to send me any questions, anythinggoespodcast616, not skicks, at gmail.com. I look forward to your follow i look forward to your questions your comments your likes and your subscribes so let's get on with the pod this week we are going to be discussing gaming and me now gaming is one of my biggest and favorite pastimes and something that i just really want to discuss and having a podcast allows me the opportunity to do that now i am sure that most of the people listening to this podcast if not all of you have played a game at some point now i'm not talking about board games of course i am talking about console gaming. Now, I am a massive gaming fan, someone who grew up on a Game Boy and a PlayStation 1, and I currently sit in a room with a PlayStation 1, a PlayStation 4, a Nintendo Switch, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, as well as two laptops that allow me to explore my gaming range as much as I can and as much as I want to. Now, I'm going to go through a number of different headings in this podcast today. I'm going to talk about why gaming is so much fun and something that should have a better reputation in the general eye of the public. Um, We're going to talk about how I got into gaming and why it means so much to me. Going to talk about some of my favourite games, why they are my favourite games and of course why gaming is a hobby and not a waste of time as people see it. And we'll also talk about the fact that it has kept people in contact with friends who you can no longer see or talk to as much. And that's where I'm actually going to start whilst thinking about that. Because just this weekend on Saturday, I was awake from about 10pm at night until half past one in the morning the next day. Not really that impressive in terms of the length of time. But the thing about it was that I was online playing Call of Duty Warzone with two of my best friends from my childhood. And gaming allowed me to do that. Of course, Especially during these times where we have lockdown and COVID is such a horrible thing that continues to take over all of our lives. The medium of gaming has allowed me to stay in touch with two of my closest friends. I live about three hours away from where I grew up, so I have to miss out on contacts, you know, unless it's over the phone with friends and family. I also have to work. I also dedicate time to my podcast. I have a wife and I have a dog. So having the time to sit down and text everyone or have a phone call with everyone's really difficult. I talk to my best friend a lot. Um, we have a phone call pretty much every week just to have a catch up with each other. But doing that with all of your other friends is really, really difficult. But I am lucky enough that the guys that I am fr- I grew up with and I'm still friends with have all maintained their gaming habits, as have I. Now, these guys very different gamers to me and that's one thing that I want to touch on as well is that everyone is a different gamer Um, you should never really criticize anyone or sort of pick on anyone's interests in terms of gaming there are the people like my friends who only play Call of Duty and FIFA they're their only two games that they get every year they're the only games they're interested in and that's absolutely fine some people will only play certain types of games I have a more 
varied palette when it comes to gaming you know i really like open world games but i love call of duty i love fifa on the computer football manager is one of my favorite games to play on a regular basis single player multiplayer you know anything can get me as long as it's got a good premise and a good story so you know i just want to really quickly point out that i am a specific type of gamer but you might be something different and that's absolutely fine by me i will love you no matter what but today like i say i want to touch on the fact that this is really a medium that has allowed me to stay in touch with people that i could have easily lost contact with so it's one of those things we're in lockdown we all work it's really difficult um, to make time to have a zoom call or a catch-up but you know at 10 o'clock in the evening our wives are in bed our dogs are in bed as well the world is starting to quieten down but one thing that doesn't quieten down is Vedansk. and if if you don't know what that is that is the war zone map on the latest call of duty or sorry oh yeah it is on the latest call of duty i guess i suppose they've carried it over to cold war um but they you know they had it on the previous edition of call of duty they brought it out it's a, a a huge multiplayer game it's a battle royale style system so it's basically last man standing and you can play that same mode in teams and we played for a number of hours you know three and a half hours through to the early hours of saturday morning sunday morning whichever day it was um, and we had a great time but not only did we play the game but we all have headsets which allows us to catch up and it allows us to interact with each other see how we are catch up with each other on the way that things are going at the minute and how we're coping with things and that is again something that is so wonderful about gaming it allows you to do that now again certain types of people might not want to have those interactions when they game some people just want to play things like football manager or the sims or uh, roller coaster tycoon where it is a single player experience where you spend time on your own playing through your game and again that is something i totally respect and something that i am totally into i myself play huge amounts of hours on single player games you know i've got games like ghosts of Tsushima, god of war the two spider-man games that have come out on ps4 i've sunk a lot of hours into those games and seriously you know spent hours and hours not talking to anyone because i am so engrossed in those worlds and i'm going to go into that in more depth very shortly but as i say this is a medium that allows you to stay in touch with people and not only that it allows you to become part of a community and it allows you to become friends with people um, on the same game, Call of Duty Warzone, to be fair, is one of the only multiplayer games that I'm playing at the moment. Um, Star Wars Battlefront 2 is the other one, but I tend not to headset on that one. When I'm on Call of Duty Warzone and my friends aren't online due to you know other commitments, I just stick my headset on. I go into games of doubles, trios, quads, and I just say, is anyone on their headset? And you're able to talk to people about the game, and maybe you can build a personal relationship on there as well. You know, I've I've got friends on my PlayStation 4 who are not people that I've met in person, but we play games together because we like the way that we work together in a certain game. We had good conversations, and we continue to play together uh, well you know now and i've been playing games like i say since i was a very young man i've always played games and it's something that i'm very very passionate about it's not to me a hobby it is more of uh well i suppose it is a hobby for me it is my hobby um what i meant to say is it's not a waste of time which is how a lot of people see that so i'm going to move on now quickly to why gaming is so much fun and something that should have a better reputation now I mentioned before that gaming is a fantastic escape. It gives you the opportunity to escape from the pressures of real life and allows you to do and be anything you want. Um, 
you know, I'm just going to look at the games I've got on my shelf behind me. I have got, I could be a Pokemon master. I could be the manager of any football team in the world. I could be a cowboy. I could be a clone trooper. I could be a samurai. I could be Spider-Man. I can be Kratos from God of War. I can be Link from The Legend of Zelda. I can be Joel and Ellie from The Last of Us. You know, there are so many options in terms of what you can do. And and like I say, some people like to focus on a single type of game. I like to really vary my experiences because I really appreciate that escapism that you can get from a game. Living an ulterior, oh, sorry, an alternate life in a different world, this, that's like the perfect escape. It's the perfect release from the pressures of real life. As I said, you know, I absolutely love my wife and my dog. I love my job. I love my family. But sometimes you just need to switch off. Some people watch TV. Some people read books. For us gamers, it's the best escape that you can come up with. You know, as I say, you can do anything. So you can just spend time. I mean, one of the best games for just wasting time that I've ever had is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I've just very recently completed it. But same with Red Dead Redemption 2. Same with Ghost of Tsushima and God of War as well, in terms of games that I've already mentioned, when you're walking through the world, riding through the world, whatever, you see something off in the distance and you think, I'm going to go and check that out. And you don't have to follow the storyline. You don't have to do a specific thing. You can do what you want in so many different games. And I absolutely adore the medium of games for allowing people to have that level of creativity and that level of exploration. It's something that a lot of people don't encounter in their day-to-day lives, that opportunity to be creative and the opportunity to be expressive in whatever they in whatever way they want. In terms of like those games that I mentioned, let's take Red Dead Redemption 2 as an example. That's such a wonderful game because it gives you the opportunity to interact in the way that you want with the um, NPCs. Now, an NPC, if you don't know, is something I'll mention a lot, is a non-playable character. So these are the characters that build up your world and aren't actually playable by you as the player. But they're ones that you can interact with and you can interact with them as an aggressive person. You can interact with them kindly. You can ignore them completely. You can shoot them. You can punch them. You know, you can do whatever you want in this game and it's such a wonderful experience. And that is something that you can do in every game is you can approach it in whatever way you want. And that is why gaming is such a wonderful thing and why I love it so much. Because even if you look at a game like Pokemon, you think about the way that that game is laid out. You can do whatever you want in that game as well. You want to be uh, a Pokemon master, that's absolutely fine, perfect. But how are you going to become a Pokemon master? Are you going to collect a specific type of Pokemon? Are you going to collect a variety? Are you going to go through all the gyms straight away? Are you going to build up all your Pokemon before you go to the gyms? There are so many ways to approach so many different games. And it's such, like I say, it's such a wonderful release for people who have stressful lives that they can just sit down and just escape into another world. Similarly, if you're a really competitive person, it's a great way for you to let off some steam as well. You know, Call of Duty Warzone's a great game for that. I'm a huge fan of Star Wars Battlefront and Star Wars Battlefront 2. Being a huge Star Wars fan, huge Star Wars nerd, it's an absolutely fantastic game just because you can get excited about it as well. Um, gaming is an exciting experience. When you get something in the game, like like we talk about Star Wars Battlefront 2, the opportunity to become one of the key characters, like the Jedi, that's really exciting when they become available and you can get to be them. So, you know, you have to be happy with like what you enjoy. And for me, gaming is oh, it's such a wonderful thing. It deserves a better reputation for the points that I've raised already. Not only does it allow you to have an escape 
escape place, like what's the word I'm trying to say there? It's escapism. It gives you a safe haven to escape into. And that's one reason, the only reason it really needs to give everyone a better repu- like a better opinion of gaming, to give it a better reputation overall. But I'm not really sure why gaming has a bad reputation anymore. Like, what's the stigma about gaming? It doesn't make you more violent. That's been proven to not be true. Playing violent video games doesn't turn you into a violent person. You know, I've never had any trouble with the police, for example, but on Red Dead Redemption 2, I've committed murder a number of times. And, you know, that's not something that I ever have the the interest in doing in real life either. (laughs) That's just an example there. You know, um, it doesn't, you know, people look down on gaming. I think if we get serious for a moment, People look down on gaming and gamers as someone, as a person who wastes their time, who sits indoors and plays a game instead of interacting with people. You know, I had a situation in my own life very recently. I went out with um, my workmates. This is, (laughs) that sounds really weird to say. I say recently, that was over a year ago because obviously the world that we're living in now with lockdowns and so many restrictions, I haven't been out for a long time. But when we last went out, people were talking about books that they read, and I said I haven't honestly read a book in ages, and the looks that I got were really, really confused looks, and they said, well, what do you do in your spare time? Well, I I game. But what do you mean? How, like, surely you would want to read a book because it's blah, 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 blah. But, you know, gaming is a story. I love the stories that gaming tells, and the best thing about gaming is that you can make it your own story if you want to, you know. You take a game like Star Wars Battlefront 2 and you can approach that game in whatever way you want. You can be a sniper, you can be a a general trooper, you can be a captain, you know, any way you want to approach a game you can, whereas storybooks have a very solid thread throughout them. And that's just one example. Like I say, I want to take this podcast slightly seriously, as well as talking about my absolute adjuration for gaming and like the, the profession of gaming and people that make it what it is so that people like myself and you guys can enjoy it um i just absolutely adore everything about gaming i mean like i say it has a bad reputation and i'm not really sure why the main thing i think previously is that it's looked down on as something that's a waste of time like i said before but also something that can change your personality it can make you violent it can make you lazy it can make you etc etc and it's just not true, unfortunately. You know, there is such a thing as game addiction and people spending far too much time on games. You know, I believe that, as much as I love gaming, I believe that you can spend too much time gaming. Um, but as long as you're not doing anything that's going to harm your health, like you have, if you have a good diet and you still get your daily exercise, but you spend three or four hours a day on a games console, then I don't understand what the negative is. Because what's the... What's the um, What's the alternative? It's probably going to be sitting and watching the TV. I think that's how most people would spend their time if they had a day off, for example. You know, instead of just sitting and watching TV, I'm actually watching the TV, but having an influence on what's going on in front of me. And I think that, again, is just such a wonderful thing that you can say about gaming, is that it allows you to influence something as in how you want within your life that isn't directly your life and you can again it's just such a wonderful outlet for people i think it's something that really needs a lot of recognition um you know this podcast was inspired by a 
by a documentary on BBC Three. I think it was called something along the lines of Gaming and Me, and that's sort of why I chose the title because it's it showed a really nice. Um, effect that gaming can have on people. For example, it had a guy in there who had struggled with the loss of his um, his uncle, who he was very close to, and that gaming had allowed him to express himself emotionally, which he wasn't able to do at the time. And it's something that I'm sure a lot of us have gone through. We want to express ourselves in a certain way. We want to act in a certain way. And and you can't do that in real life. You can't say things in real life all the time that you're thinking. But in a game, you can really let yourself go and you can be a different person you know gaming is a is a platform that allows people to express themselves in multiple ways as i said it can help people you know that guy in that documentary he can express himself to get over the grief of losing someone um it could be your competitive side it can be a great you know you if people have aggression they can play a game to help that go away if they're if they can find satisfaction in that game, it might be that that is the point. Maybe you get your satisfaction from being successful in gaming. Maybe just the time gaming, um, where you sort of let yourself go and you don't really think about anything is what you need to be peaceful. And that's absolutely fine as well. So again, what's the bad reputation in gaming for? What What's the stigma nowadays that allows gaming to continue to have a bad reputation in people's eyes? I'd love to hear from anyone that thinks that gaming is still a negative thing. I mean, if I had it my way, I would game more than I do already. I probably would have the opportunity to play a game or two for two hours a day, maybe a little bit more if I push my luck. Of course, I'm working from home at the moment, which makes that a little bit easier. But, you know, if people want to game, let them game. <laughs> it's uh it's not a political movement that we're starting, but it is a point that needs to be raised, is allow people to do what they want to do, especially if there's no scientific evidence that says you should be looked down on or this is a bad pastime. It's a hobby for some people. It's something that people are genuinely committed to. I think I think talking about it as a hobby and talking about why it shouldn't be looked down on, it's really important to state that some people put more hours into this than they put than other people would put into their hobbies. And the people that do that and look down on you you know, you can say to those people, look, I put more hours and effort into what I do than you do. Just because you don't appreciate what it is doesn't mean it's a bad thing. I mean, I'd hate to see the amount of hours that I've put into my PlayStation 4 since I've had it. Good God. I mean, Football Manager on top of that. I've got a Nintendo Switch, as was said, and I booted up my Game Boy Advance not long ago to play Pokemon Green just because you can. And, you know, there are other different games consoles that I've played at friends' houses before the lockdown. Um, you know, there's so much access to gaming. You know, my hours spent on games is going to be a really, really big portion of my life, but would I change that? I don't think so. I don't think there's anything else that I would rather do in my spare time. I mean, I go to the gym, I go for runs, I do exercise, I have a healthy-ish diet... And my pastime is to play games. I don't ever watch TV. Some people balance the two and that's absolutely fine. But for me, gaming should have a better reputation because it allows people to express themselves. It allows people to be creative and it allows people to escape from the pressures of the real world. So, you know, there you go. I mean, that's our first topic. Why is gaming so much fun? Because of the the reasons listed for the same reasons it shouldn't have such a bad reputation. It's such a wonderful outlet for people that can be struggling in life. 
And it's just fun. You know, it's fun to play a game. It's social. It allows people to stay in touch. There are so many reasons. I'm going to sort of leave that topic behind. Um, and we are going to talk about me personally. I'm going to talk about some of my favourite games, how I got into games, um, and why they mean so much to me specifically. Um, but as I say, on Instagram, anything goes podcast underscore 616, any comments, any messages you want to send in response to why gaming is so fun to you and why you think it should have a better reputation, please send them over. And we are back and we are going to be talking about my own experiences getting into gaming and why they mean so much to me. Now, as I said before, I started gaming at a very young age, um, not stupidly young like some kids do nowadays on their iPads and stuff like that. Um, but I had the Game Boy Color and a PlayStation 1 and they were my introduction to gaming. Um, on the Game Boy Color, I essentially really only played Pokemon. Um, I had games Pokemon Red and Pokemon Gold. Um, I've now got Pokemon Leaf Green in my older age, which I ordered uh, when I was at university to play through on my Game Boy Advance. Um, and then on the PlayStation 1 had games like Italian Jobs, Spider-Man, a variety of Disney games, which sort of were my introduction to gaming. And following those storylines and going into worlds that I knew I loved gave me an opportunity, again, like I've said beforehand, um, about how gaming helps people in general. It helped me to express myself in a different way. Um you know, I'm very much one of these blokes who doesn't really express themselves very much, doesn't show their creative side as much. So being able to do that in games is a wonderful release for me personally. And it's something that I really enjoy and I really look forward to. But also I take great pride in being good at certain games and get satisfaction out of winning games or being good in certain games. So, um, you know, that's like a personal reason for why I love gaming. I'm going to go into more depth, obviously, but I just want to touch again on how I got into games. So I originally, um, you know, like I played the Game Boy, I played the PlayStation 1 and grew up on a variety of different games. And as I got older and we got the PlayStation 2, my gaming experiences started to branch out into things that I wanted to do. Um, so in terms of, you know, when you get older or when you used to get older, I don't know if it's the same anymore, I used to get pocket money and I used to save that up and I used to be able to go and get games that I wanted to play. So I remember specifically saving up so that I could get the Matrix Revolutions game, which was one of my favourite games on the PlayStation 2 and Jurassic Park, um, oh, what's it called? Operation Genesis, which is like a park creator game, but for Jurassic Park, which was absolutely amazing to me, um, started playing the FIFA games on the PlayStation 2, you know, Call of Duty and games like Medal of Honor. So there were so many different things that I'd never experienced and I started to experience. And I played those sorts of games for a long old time. You know, I would play movie-related games because that was a big thing back then. You know, I always played the Spider-Man games when they came out. I am an absolutely humongous Spider-Man fan to this day. And as I got older again, I, I remember getting to a certain birthday. I think it might have been my 13th or 14th birthday. I can't remember. And... um and I asked for an Xbox 360, and that's sort of where my gaming life changed. I experienced games that were, um, you know, story-driven, but also open-world games for the first time. So I remember on my play on my Xbox 360, I had um, Gears of War, which was such a phenomenal game at the time, and is still, for me, one of my favourite games of all time. Um, if I have a choice to play through one game forever, Gears of War would be in that conversation. Um and I remember getting games like Red Dead Redemption, the first one, and having never experienced anything like it. And then you have, obviously, the opportunity to play online with your friends more, which, again, gave you the opportunity to branch out, meet new people, but maintain relationships in a new way. So um, 
that was something that was really good for me. And like I say, it's something that I continue to do to this day in terms of staying in contact with people, playing games with people is something that I really enjoy doing. And it's something that, of course, we could spend the time that we're on a game just having a chat, but I think conversations flow more naturally and you develop a partnership and and you develop stories. And that's one thing I absolutely love about gaming. And it's why it means so much to me is that I can recollect pretty much everything about games that I've played. So like I said earlier, I'm playing Call of Duty with my friends from the ages of um, you know, 13, 14 through to today. I can tell you about the times where we used to play um, on private games where one of us was it and the rest of us had to go and hide. I, I remember these games. There were like 12 of us playing that on the maps on the original Black Ops game. And then up to today, playing on Modern Warfare and... Um, on Call of Duty Warzone, I can tell you about all the funny stories of when we've failed massively or when we've done really well or when something really funny has happened, you know, like getting stuck on the on the subway on Warzone now, you get stuck on the subway station, it takes you into the gas and you die, it's not a great experience but it's an experience that's happened, so, you know, it's, it's something important to me because of that reason, it gives you stories, it gives you a, a feeling of escapism and for me, you know, as I said, I'm a bloke who can't express themselves very express themselves very easily, and I don't express my creative side or my emotional side. But I can do that in gaming, and gaming gives me that outlet, um, and it allows me to bond with the characters. I think that that's something that has become a really big staple in wrestling. Uh, in wrestling, wow, my head completely went to the wrong place there. Sorry. In gaming nowadays, is that the characters are so well written that they sort of reflect the people playing the games and. And they reflect real life. I think. I mean, The Last of Us is one of the best games of all time. If you've never seen what The Last of Us is about or what it's like, or you've never played it and you are someone who enjoys gaming, I would implore you to go and get The Last of Us 1 and then Part 2. Um, they are phenomenal games. Last of Us 2, of course, won Game of the Year in 2020. It won many, many awards, um, which I don't agree with as, as much as I loved it. I am going to do a podcast on my Game of the Year 2020 um, in a few weeks. But, I, you know, I've continued to game my whole life. I love the freedom that it gives you and the options for escapism. I don't stick to one game type. Like I said beforehand, I go between a variety of different games. If I just spin around to look at my gaming um, collection, I can see games like The Last of Us, which I've already mentioned. But then there's Days Gone, which is a slightly similar game to The Last of Us. But then you've got Horizon Zero Dawn, Jedi Fallen Order, Spider-Man, FIFA... Star Wars Battlefront 2, Cyberpunk 2077, the Avengers game, the Spider-Man games, God of War, Jurassic Park, Deadpool, Red Dead 2. There's a, a real variety of different games. And as I said beforehand, in terms of why gaming is so much fun for people, it's because people can do something they specifically enjoy. But if you're like me and you have a real varied interest, as long as you can get uh, involved in the gameplay or the story, then... That's a great thing, and that's, again, something that I absolutely love. Now, if I had to narrow it down to why games mean so much to me, I think it's the connectivity and the escapism would be the main two reasons. So I'm going to talk about a few of my favourite games of all time. Um, and again, I'm not going to go into great depth in these, because some of these I would like to review in the future. I don't know how many that I will do. Um, but I'm just going to go through why these are some of my favourite games and why. So some of my favourite games include some stuff that is like a real classic to some people some stuff that's really like critically acclaimed and then some stuff that's very specific to me and you know I, I didn't play like 
the games like Bloodborne and Dark Souls or um, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I've never played the Resident Evil games. But I have played some games that have stuck with me for so long. And, you know, I, I mentioned previously stories. And one game that I am still playing to this day, have been playing for years and years and years consistently, that hasn't changed that much, is Football Manager. And it's something that I have to touch on first. You know, it's not my favourite game in the world. Sometimes it can be the most infuriating thing in the world. Football Manager has the ability to turn you into, um, you know, the angriest person in the world because you just want to be successful on that game. But in terms of developing stories and giving you satisfaction, when you do win something, when you build towards something, it is such a satisfying experience. And in terms of stories, I think I could probably tell you about every single season that I've ever done on Football Manager. You know, um, when I was, when I first got the game, I was Plymouth Argyle, and I took my time to get them up to the Premier League. Um, and being a teenager, when I kept losing every game in the Premier League, I I just turned it off and started again with a with a new team. Um, but that was my age. Now you know I I remember playing seasons when I was at university with Yeovil Town and taking them up to the Championship when they were in League Two. I remember being Liverpool in games. I remember managing England, Serbia, Montenegro. I remember managing Italy and winning my only World Cup with Italy up until where I am now and I'm playing Football Manager 2020 which is last year's edition because I skip a year every time because for me it doesn't change enough every year plus I'm you know I'm five seasons into a save and I haven't really scratched the surface of the game um, I'm currently with a French club I'm the manager of the French national team and absolutely loving the challenge of trying to win a trophy with a team that never gets near it whilst also managing one of the best nations in the world it's a fantastic um, it's a fantastic bit of fun, Football Manager, and building a squad is such a satisfying thing. And it's got this weird thing, Football Manager, about... Um, sorry, it, it brings out this weird thing in you where you sort of really care about the individuals in the game. You know, you have your favourite players in real life, but in this game you build a relationship with a, a fake character, essentially. Um, it's, a, it's a fantastic game, and it's one of my favourite games of all time. It's one that I'll probably play until the day I die. Um, because it's so easy to just boot up on a laptop and start playing. You know, I can play it in the, you can play it in literally any room in the house, and you can play it at any time. You know, my wife absolutely loves um, watching certain programs on TV. We've just finished watching a pottery program, and I'll sit down there with my laptop and I'll play Football Manager. I can crack through a few months of the game um, while she watches TV, and that's great that we can both split our time that way. Another thing I want to touch on is Pokemon. Um, I think Pokemon is just such a wonderful game in terms of the creativity that it brings out in people. You look at all this world that's been created and all these wonderful monsters that you can tame and um, you know make your best friends and make your little warriors. It's such a wonderful game that allows you to be exactly who you want to be, especially in uh, Sword and Shield, the new game, um, where it allows you to customise your character more, which I think is something that has really helped a lot of people get back into Pokemon. I actually got Sword and Shield and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, prior to that, the last one I played was Leaf Green, you know, and Pokemon Gold, because I love the old generation of Pokemon. Now, I remember when the new one started to come out, I, Chikorito and, and Totodile were the new starters instead of Squirtle, Charmander and Bulbasaur. And it was okay, but the, the more we got away from the original generation, the more and more I missed it. But now... Sword and Shield has gone back to like a combination of new and old and you can get old Pokemon but there are all these new ones to discover and like I said previously in this podcast you can go back through um, 
And you can be exactly who you want in Pokemon in terms of the way that you train your Pokemon, the type of Pokemon that you have. You can pick them on the way that they look, the way that they have attributes to help you, whether they are just, you know, like the name even. You can just collect them based on their name. Um, you know, you can set yourself challenges in Pokemon that aren't necessarily in the game. So, um, I don't know, having like all Pokemon that are water types and then getting through the whole game with just water type Pokemon, it's a really big challenge because obviously there are electric type and ice type gyms, but you know, you can set yourself challenges. You don't have to play the exact same way the game wants you to, but I think that's a game that's going to continue to grow and going to continue to be around for years and years, Pokemon. It's a game that, as long as there's enough creativity in the world to continue to develop the world and to continue to develop what you can catch and what you can do, then, you know, the sky's the limit and it's a game that I'll continue to keep an eye on. It's not necessarily something that I'm as passionate about anymore, um, but I thoroughly enjoyed Sword and Shield. It, it's one of those things, though, with Pokemon, I think, actually, it's just a really weird point to build upon that, is that there's always this thing of when you finish Pokemon, there's nothing to do afterwards and you have to start again. Um, like I said, you can make challenges where you have like, had a had a battle with everyone in the game. Uh, maybe you've caught every single Pokemon. Maybe you've maxed out every Pokemon to level 100. But for someone like me who gets through the campaign on Pokemon... Um, and catches the Pokemon that I specifically like, and then keeps those six Pokemon, um, it's difficult to sort of maintain that motivation when you finish. And I think that's something that, if it's not got the replayability, can be a problem. But luckily, Pokemon's a very replayable game. So, um, yeah, so Pokemon, one of the games that is one of my favourites, and why. Um, Star Wars Battlefront is another one I have to touch on. Star Wars Battlefront, um, since the PlayStation 2 versions have just been so much fun for anyone that loves Star Wars. The opportunity to get thrown into a battle um, with characters that you've seen on the screen and play with them in your own way. High action game. And like I say, it's the Star Wars base game. If you like Star Wars, you're going to enjoy Star Wars Battlefront and Star Wars Battlefront 2, um, the original versions and the new ones. I mean, the new ones are absolutely fantastic. There was a, a lot of uh, negativity around it when it first got released Star Wars Battlefront 2 because of the loot crate system but as it's gone on and as it's developed there's such fantastic gameplay and it again it's one of those things where you really you really get invested in the game that you're playing so for example um, when I play this game obviously you play things like Galactic Assault and things like that when you start to lose the game, you think, right, really need to pull my socks up here and I need to start taking positions and I need to start getting some kills. And it's not just Call of Duty. This is Star Wars. So it's it's space-based. You know, you recognise the planets. You recognise the characters that you're coming up against. And you know the significance of the story behind these battles, even though it's not necessarily the game, is to play the stories. You know, good versus evil, light versus dark. It's a simple story. Um and you can play it however you want. Again, you can focus on playing in a certain type. I always like being a heavy or an assault trooper. And then when I unlock the better characters, I tend to float around those ones. But you have to work in the game to be able to unlock that. You you know, anyone that's not played Battlefront 2 or not played Battlefront on the PlayStation 4 or Xbox One... Um, you have to earn points to be able to get the better characters. And that's, again, it's something to work towards. And it's great satisfaction when you're able to unlock one of the Jedi. Like I mentioned beforehand, if you unlock a Jedi, it's a real treat for yourself in the game. Now, I personally don't like being the Jedis as much as some people because I think they're absolute bullet magnets. But at the same time, 
it's really really fun if you can have a good run as a Jedi on the game. It's just fun to do something a little bit different, and like because it doesn't happen all the time, it's a real treat. Um, I'm going to try and whiz through a few of these, but I really want to touch upon some of these in a lot of depth. I'm not going to talk about The Last of Us so much because I've already talked about it a little bit. Um, you know, The Last of Us and then The Last of Us Two are arguably two of the greatest games of all time. Um. I don't want to describe what they're about. I don't want to give away any of the story in case people listening to this are motivated or inspired to go and have a go at it. Um, but it's a story that really gets you invested. You know, once you start playing The Last of Us, you if you're invested in it, you can't put it down. It's one of those games that you have to complete. You have to see the story through and it emotionally gets you involved. Um, I can tell you that throughout the second game, I absolutely hated the antagonist and I literally was... I I wanted the antagonist to die that was how the game made me feel because you get so emotionally involved in it and the way that it's written and the way that it plays allows you to feel that throughout and again this is such a wonderful game in the way that it's set in a post-apocalyptic world but it's not based around fighting zombies and it's not based around um like fighting other human factions it all intertwines um and the story is absolutely beautiful the development we see in the characters is absolutely wonderful and i implore you to go and play it if you've never played it before and you are interested in gaming there are a couple more that i want to touch on um red dead redemption one and two absolutely phenomenal games open world games set in the old west they are fantastic and for me Again, the story, absolutely phenomenal, but for me, one of the first games that I really remember that allowed you to have a real open world experience. Now, for what open world is, for those of you that don't know, um, an open world experience is basically there's a main plot thread that runs through the game, but you can go off and do side missions or just explore as much as you want. So in Red Dead 2, for example, um, which is the, the most recent version, but it is a prequel to the first game, if you are, you know, halfway through the game and there's this main plot thread that you've got to go to this place in the north of the map, you can spend hours and hours and hours doing side missions and doing stuff in completely different areas. Um, you can just go and hunt deer, you can go fishing, you can go on a murder rampage if you want to, you can race your horse, you can help strangers that are asking for help at the side of a road, you can spring people out of prison... You can do a multitude of things, and it's the first game that I ever remember, the original version and this one, of course. Um, it gives you the option to do that, and that, again, it's that escapism, and it allows you... And it It's one of these games that I always think of going back to just to sort of ride my horse around and just do some stuff. Um, I've, obviously, at the minute, I'm sort of playing through other games. Um, as much of an absolute sh show... Um, cyberpunk 2077 has been i need to get through that game so i'm not really going back to other stuff at the minute but it's a game that you can pick up and play forever and ever because there's never not stuff to do even if you complete all the side missions and the maid missions um you can then just spend time in that world you know the character that you've created the house that you've built the family that you've got you can continue to work with that and you can continue to just have fun on that game so that really deserves a shout out as well um Gears of War, as I mentioned, one of my favourite games of all time. Um, a different one compared to like Red Dead and Last of Us and a couple others I'm going to mention very briefly. It's a single player game that you can play on co-op in terms of like player versus player, but also on the same team playing through the campaign. And it's one of these games that, although there's only a plot thread, like the only thing you can do is play the plot thread, which is, you know 
go from here to here, defeat this boss, like the final boss, essentially. Um, the story is enough to captivate you, but the gameplay is absolutely fantastic. You know, the characters are so well written, but the gameplay is the thing that sells Gears of War to me. And, you know, when I was a teenager and I got an 18 plus game, which, you know, my parents got for me for my birthday, it was the greatest game I'd ever played because there was blood, there was gore, there was swearing, you know. In a post-apocalyptic world, it was one of the best written games I can remember. They've sort of butchered the franchise in recent years, but I enjoyed the gameplay so much because I love games where there's not like an unrealistic... Um, what's the word? Like, there's not an unrealistic undertone to the game. So, yes, obviously the game is set post-apocalyptic and there are these aliens that have been living underground for years and years. I get that. But what I mean by that in terms of unrealistic is like there's just ammo in guns all the time and you find ammo in all sorts of places in gears of war if you run out of ammo you need to pick up an enemy weapon or you need to pick up another weapon and you need to continue to push forward you can't just go backwards um you have to push forward and it also challenges you to think about how you approach the game um you know you can flank enemies you can snipe enemies you can blow them up with grenades but again if you run out of ammo you run out of stuff you have to think of another way to overcome things and it's just such a fantastic game for that and I absolutely adored it. Um, of course, it's a game that, as I say, the, the, the franchise has sort of been butchered because they've continued to make it but through Gears 1, I've had one of the best gaming experiences of my whole life. Gears 2, very much um, a development of Gears 1, not necessary but was absolutely fine. Um, Gears 3 started to you know, wear on it a little bit. And then from there, they've just sort of taken it a bit too far for me. Um, but again, one of the best games I ever played because the gameplay, the characters, the realism in the world, um, it was just great. I absolutely adored it. And again, I'm going to say this about every game, but if you've never played it before, give it a go. You know, pick it up. You pick it up for like a quid nowadays. Um, if you've got like an old Xbox or you've got a new Xbox One, they remastered it, get it play through it it's phenomenal um recent spider-man games deserve a shout out in terms of superhero games um the realism in spider-man ps4 the first one and miles morales the second one is just incredible um the detail in terms of the city layout and the characters the fight you know you can zoom in and you can see the fibers of the suits you notice um that people have interior lives they're not just standing around doing nothing they're moving one, from one place to another they're having conversations the city develops you know as you go through the week um obviously the sunday is a sabbath um for jewish people on the game jewish people aren't around on a sunday because they're at home having their day of rest so, you know, the game goes through great detail, but also it has a fantastic story mode. You know, in the first Spider-Man, we, we see the importance of taking responsibility for your actions, um, having to go against the people you care about, and then ultimately making a tough decision. And in Miles Morales, it's about the development of maturity and the development of, again, responsibility and understanding the responsibility you have when you have power. Um, for me, uh, when... When people ask me what my favourite game of all time is, um, I'm going to mention that in just a second. But Spider-Man PS4, the first one, is a game that I can say, honestly, that I didn't put down. I completed it in like a week, um, which doesn't sound that impressive, but when I was a full-time teacher, um, 
I committed so much time to this game. Every time I came home from work, I wanted to play this game. It was the only thing I wanted to do. Um, you know, it was just one of those games that I had to get to the end of the story. Being a huge Spider-Man fan helps that. Um, but this game does such a wonderful job of building the world of New York City and building the Spider-Man storylines without giving you all of the Uncle Ben story and um, all of the background stuff like that. So absolutely phenomenal and of course the gameplay the combat feels great the different combinations and the dodges that you can use and then the powers that you develop you know the the further you go in the game the more you develop the more skills you can unlock and of course there's the uh <laughs> the suit system so the more stuff you unlock the more suits you can unlock and i was absolutely addicted to making sure i unlocked every single suit throughout the game and and that's what I did. Um, Miles Morales as well, the second game, is, is a lot shorter. It's not got as much depth, but I love Miles Morales as a character. I love the Prowler, who is one of the main characters in the game and in the Miles Morales storylines in the comic books. Um, they're so true and committed to um, adapting comic book stuff as well. Um, and hopefully there's going to be a lot of crossover because obviously with has been teased that he's going to be in the Avengers game and the Avengers might end up being in the Spider-Man game and you know hopefully it's the start of a Marvel universe in gaming but we'll have to wait and see. Um two more games to mention one of which is God of War. Now God of War is <clears throat> it, it one game of the year in the year it came out which I can't remember what year it was but I sort of was late to the game with gear uh, with God of War. I played God of War on the PlayStation Portable and I'd say that probably the PS2 was when I played God of War and I just went away from it and didn't visit it again or like revisit it for a number of years and then I remember we were me and my wife were sat in our flat and I was just looking at game of the year winners and saw God of War and thought oh, I used to play that back in the day and then I looked at the trailers and thought geez this looks absolutely incredible I picked it up from like CEX or Game or something for like a tenner and honestly it deserves Game of the Year more than you can imagine. In terms of gameplay with a character that used to be an absolute brute that's just lost his wife which is not you know it's not a key point to the story that's not something that happens all of a sudden you know that's how you open the game you find out that his wife's died um and it has it's this absolute brute who has no emotions has to look after his only son protect him and fulfill his wife's last dying wish it's a very emotionally driven game that brings together um Norse mythology superbly because they're now in like the Jotunheim world with characters like Thor and um oh oh my god oh Odin and I completely forgot what his dad was called there um Thor's two sons you've got the frost giants um now there are so many great characters and then of course there's the references to his past when he was a a Spartan warrior with Zeus and the um the Greek gods that he's killed and fought in the past it's a fantastic, fantastic game. It it got Game of the Year because of the story and the gameplay and the world that it built. And it's one of those ones, again, God of War, I keep nearly saying Gears of War, God of War has a main story thread throughout the game that you're supposed to follow. But there are side missions, but it doesn't let you veer out too far. That's the wonderful thing about it. Um, and one other thing about Gears... Oh, I just did it after I thought I wasn't going to do it again. 
God of War, not Gears of War, God of War. The wonderful thing about God of War is that it doesn't have loading screens. So when you go from one area to the next, when you go from one thing to the next, one mission, there's no loading screen. Now that is masked very well by the fact that they use um, long stretches of environment to cover up the patching as it comes through. But you know, you'd rather take that than having a blank screen that you have to wait five minutes to load up. So, you know, absolutely fantastic. Absolutely adore um, the God of War game. And with the new God of War coming out this year, um, anticipation for a game couldn't be higher because of the cliffhanger they left it on at the end of the game. And that's, that's again, one of these things where that's when you know a game is successful, when the anticipation for it is so high, even though you know that there's been one before. One of my good friends has recently just started playing through it for the first time, and he's absolutely loving it. Um, in God of War as well, like there are, again, different ways that you can sort of face the game, and that's that's got to be something that you've got to really enjoy, is the opportunity to play the game as you want. So you can be either, you know... Um, hot-headed and just throw yourself into every fight situation or you can stand back and think about how you're going to approach the situation of course in this game um kratos the main character has an axe that he can throw and get back to him like thor throws mjolnir in the mcu um which allows you to attack from range as well so you can do that but there are also different combinations that you can use and different spells and runes that you can use so you can really go about um this game as you want and like I say there's an emotional story that hooks you in that you just wouldn't expect from a game that from a from the God of War series you know the God of War was very much about being a, like a, basically a killing weapon is what he was in the original games but now he's got this sort of emotional side and this protective father side to him and it's just a fantastic transition from what he was to what he is and a great game. Um, finally, I want to talk about one that I literally completed two days ago, and that was Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And now, um, never really had a Legend of Zelda game before, and I got it for Christmas in 2020. And I literally just completed the campaign, having just played through loads of the side missions and collecting loads of the things. I mentioned in, in the podcast beforehand that there was... Um, a lot of stuff that you would see off in the distance and you would think, oh, I'm going to go and have a check out of that. And that was such a wonderful thing about this game um, that you could literally do whatever you want. Now, the story um, the story's not as good as that in God of War or in the Spider-Man game, for example. But for me, the, the, the Breath of the Wild's freedom that it gives you is something that's absolutely incredible. If, you know, there's something out in the distance and there's a mountain in the way. You can go round that mountain if you want. You can try and fly over that mountain from using your glider from a high position. Um, or you can climb over it. You know, you can pretty much go over, through, round, anything. You can explore the terrain as and when you please. And, again, the story's great and the combat's really good. Now, the game, again, I didn't think it was the best game I ever played, but it won Game of the Year... Um, in I think 2017, 2016 maybe. Um, and for a Nintendo Switch game, that's absolutely phenomenal because it's coming up against the graphical capabilities of the PlayStation and Xbox. Um, and for anyone that doesn't know what a Nintendo Switch's graphics tend to look like in terms of The Legend of Zelda, Mario and things like that, it is a bit more cartoonish. Um, but the game just has so much range. Again, you can be an archer, you can be someone with a sword and shield, you can be someone who wields a massive battle axe... You can use spells, you can use 
um, stealth and just not go near anyone for the whole game. You know, there are thousands of ways around it. And of course, the boss fights in this game, you have to really think about them. This game tested my mental, um, my mental ability in so many different ways because there are puzzles to solve throughout the game to allow you to progress and when you fight certain enemies you can't just go towards them with a sword and start hitting them or hit them with an arrow um you have to figure out how to beat the enemy so i remember with um one of the ganon fights which is you know the main bad guy splits into four into these creatures and i couldn't figure out how to damage him and then all of a sudden I realised that I could use one of the spells to use his own power against him and again talking about satisfaction that you get from games and why that makes gaming so much fun that was something that I was really proud of myself for which sounds a little bit silly when saying it out loud but when you finally overcome something that's been stopping you from progressing you're really happy with it and it was a feeling that I had and it was a Oh, my dog's just walked in and scared the crap out of me then. <laughs> Sorry. He just made me jump out of my skin. Um, I've completely forgotten where I was. Um, so, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, well, I'm just going to sort of finish it there, actually, unnaturally. Um, so, Breath of the Wild. Um, yeah, definitely up there as one of my recent favourite games, but certainly not one of my favourites of all time. Um, my favourite game of all time, which would be something I'm looking to go into in a future podcast, is a game called Ghost of Tsushima. Now, for those of you that don't know, Ghost of Tsushima is um, based on true events. It's about the Mongol Empire entering and invading Japan. And you are a sole samurai who tries to fight the Mongols off of your island. Now, I don't want to spoil it too much because I am going to go into this in more depth. So if you want to hear more about Ghost of Tsushima, please join me for that podcast in a few weeks time but the story of this game is fairly good but what made this game fantastic to me was the way that it plays um again you can treat this game as you want to you can be a full-on warrior who goes um face first into every battle or you can be the ghost and the ghost is of course um a character that is stealthy is basically an assassin and you can use throwing stars and you can use um you know you can butcher people in the quiet and the shadows and you can distract people you can use your arch uh, archery skills and um and smoke bombs and things like that and again that freedom is fantastic but the way this game plays the 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 gameplay of sort of like a sword battle this is the best game in terms of that that i've ever played and something that I absolutely adored from start to finish it was another game that i couldn't put down not because the story was as good as previous games so like god of war the story wasn't as good as that or spider-man but the story was good enough to get me hooked in and then the gameplay just kept me coming back because i wanted to continue to explore that world and i wanted to continue to take out enemies in different ways there's so much satisfaction in killing enemies in ghost of tsushima because when you counter a move and you kill on like a sudden strike it is just one of the best things that you can do in the game and then Again, it's an open world game, so that level of exploration and that freedom is just fantastic. And applying it to ancient Japanese and giving you the option to play it in black and white or in all Japanese with subtitles is just absolutely phenomenal. And again, this is a game that allows you to make real decisions, you know, and the decisions you make influence the character you become and the game that you play after you complete the campaign. So 
an absolutely phenomenal game that I'm going to go into more depth in a future podcast. Now, I want to sort of round off this episode by talking about why, and this is going to take a very brief moment, don't worry, we are coming towards the end, um, why gaming is a hobby or is a pastime, not a waste of time. Now, I've talked a lot about how it's an escape from the pressures of real life. It's an escape for people that are struggling with certain things. It allows them to be someone that they want to be or they couldn't be on their spare time. And it allows people to just explore different avenues of their psyche. It allows people to be creative and it allows people to just have fun. Um, We've talked about the fact that it doesn't necessarily make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a violent person by playing video games. It is a hobby because it allows you to progress certain skills. Of course, there's the benefit of playing games, which is quicker reactions and you know, coming up with um, solutions to problems that you're facing. But it, it, a hobby, I think, by definition, is something that, uh, that you enjoy, that allows you to pass time, but also allows you to gain new skills and progress in something. And gaming absolutely does that. But it also allows you to learn things. You know, I don't... I can't say personally that I knew a lot about Samurais um, before I started to play Ghost of Tsushima, but all the background that it gives you, it allowed me to actually learn things. And the same with God of War about Norse mythology. I learned a lot. I picked up a lot of things. And it allows you to become um, astute in certain areas. You know, take a game like Football Manager. You have to manage people's feelings. You have to manage finances. Um, breadth of the wild you have to manage your resources effectively so it allows you to develop certain things so gaming deserves a lot better in terms of the way that its reputation is Um, and I think that if you are someone who is a gamer or has like flirted with gaming in the past try and commit yourself to it a little bit more maybe and you might find something that you really really love like I have um, throughout my life and something that I will continue to do for a very long time Um, and something that I will advocate for a very long time as well. Um, Well, thank you for listening. Um, I do appreciate it as always. I appreciate the support of everyone who listens. If you do have any comments or any feedback for me, I would appreciate it. Of course, um, you can follow me on Instagram, get all the latest, and leave me a comment at anythinggoespodcast underscore 616. I'll be back this week, later in the week, with the WandaVision episode 6 review. Back next week with another weekly pod, and uh, looking forward to having you with me again. So thank you very much, and I will see you soon.